This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Welcome, welcome everybody. My name is Tanya Friedman and I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Kinetics USA. We help healthcare organizations all over the US by bringing in internationally educated nurses. And I have with me a panel and we're gonna have a fun discussion today about immigrating to the US with kids. I have Cornelia. Hi Cornelia, welcome. Hello, Miss Daniel and everybody. Hi there. I have Tina. Hi Tina, welcome. Also Chelsea, welcome Chelsea. Thank you. And we also have Rosemary. Welcome Hello, to Rosemary everyone. as well. So great to see everybody. We do have a very exciting show for you today. And the topic that we're going to be talking about today is immigrating to the US with children. And um, if you are an international nurse who is uh, excited about coming to the US, wanting to have a better life for you and your family, and you have kids, this show is for you. Okay, so let's get started. Um, so I'd like to ask everybody who is here on the panel, just to give like a two second introduction about yourself, um, who you are, and, and just a little bit about your background. And then we're gonna ask all the questions about bringing, nurse, bringing kids to the, to the US. Let's start with you, Cornelia. Do you wanna give us a little bit of background about who you are and, uh, and share that with everybody watching? Hello, everybody. My name is Cornelia. Um, we moved here in the United States just this year. I came with my 14-year-old son. I'm a registered nurse currently living and working here in California. Okay. Thank you, Cornelia. So newly arrived and arrived during a pandemic, which yeah. adds a whole nother layer of complexity to coming as a nurse yourself. And then when you've got kids, even more complicated. So we really are excited to hear about your experiences, Cornelia. Rosemary, do you want to give us a little bit of background? Hello, everyone. My name is Rosemary Ifeono. I am a Nigerian, but I lived in Italy with my husband and my six kids. We came to New York, Syracuse in particular, last year, July. And it was an interesting journey for us. My kids read between three and 12 years old. And uh, I work with Krauss Hospital. I'm a registered nurse. Okay, thank you, Rosemary. So Rosemary's got a wealth of experience because Cornelia came with one kid, one child. And I know that was probably a challenge, Cornelia. And Rosemary coming with six kids of different ages is going to be really very exciting and interesting to hear your experience. Okay, Tina, do you want to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background? Sure. Um, so I worked uh, for a hospital in the Midwest. I worked with international nurses specifically. I was the international coordinator out there for about three and a half years. I helped um, about 120 or 130 nurses come in from the um, from various different areas, um, and I helped them with. Um, 
getting set up. So if they came with children, I helped them with school, um, gave uh, resources for their kids and things like that. So I have worked in this for a minute. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> so from experience that Tina has and from the other perspective, so from the facility perspective, um, and she's seen a lot of nurses go through this. So we're excited to have Tina on board because she'll be able to you know, to explain things from the facilities uh, perspective and give a lot of input. And last but not least is Chelsea. Welcome, Chelsea. We're excited to have you here. Do you want yes. to give a little bit of background uh, about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, I am a marriage and family therapist. I'm also a doctoral candidate. Um, I specifically work in working with families and individuals um, throughout the pandemic. I've been working down in the border near San Isidro in San Diego, um, specifically helping with a lot of immigrant populations, uh, specifically Mexican-Americans, um, always kind of looking at the focus in my doctorate and how we can develop more cultural competency as a field in psychology. So very excited to be here. Very interesting perspective. So we, we're going to get started. And today's a really important topic. I was an immigrant myself. I came here 21 years ago from South Africa. And when I came, I had two, when I came here, I, my, my kids were eight and four. So I can relate to this topic. It's very close to my heart. And I know that for any parent that is about to immigrate to the US or is thinking about immigrating to the US, if you are a parent, one of the most important thing, one of the most important reasons why you want to come here is for your children and to give them a better life and a better future, which is what I did for myself. Cornelia and Rosemary have done that for their kids. Um, but there are a lot of challenges along the way. So let's get started. Um, so maybe this question can be for Cornelia and Rosemary. When did you first or how did you first approach your children about moving to the U.S.? Cornelia, let's start with you. Um, me, I, I told him like directly that I'm planning to I'm planning to transfer to the U.S. and to live there permanently. It, in my in my case, it wasn't so hard for my son because he loves the U.S. He loves watching American movies, you know, uh, the Spider-Man and such. So he was really excited. I didn't have problem with him with the idea of living in another country. Most of the struggle that I had with him was like um, the fear of like leaving his friends behind in the Philippines and, you know, um, starting a new life here in the U.S. Yeah. Friends can be a big thing. And I think it also depends on the age of the children because mm -hmm. the younger they are, maybe the easier it is because they're not as established. They don't have their friends. They're not as established at school. Mm -hmm. Rosemary, how did you approach that with your children and and, uh, and tell us about that initial conversation. Well, um, just like Cornelia said, my kids are like in two groups, the three big ones and the three small ones. So the small ones are between um, two and six and the big one was between um, eight and 12. So um, initially I told them that we are going to move and I gave them a reason why we are moving. I got this great job. I just want to do something new. And uh, they were like, wow, that's good. And I told them where we were going, when we will possibly move. And, uh, you know, I gave them reasons, um, tried to tell them a little bit about Syracuse and what is happening there. 
and what the environment looked like. So my kids love snow. So when I told them that Syracuse is like the home of snow, they were like, wow, we get to ski, we get to do a lot of things. So they were really happy. Okay. The three small ones, I didn't even have to make much explanation. I just told them we'll be moving because before we left officially, we went to the UK and we spent a lot of time. They fell in love with UK and they felt we are going to stay back. So when I told them, no, we are not staying here. We are going back to Italy and we'll be living to the U.S. as soon as possible. So they were a little skeptical, the younger ones. But the older ones, we are like, hmm, what about our friends? How are we going to deal with them? This and that. Do we Are we going to find new friends? Do we have family? Unfortunately, we don't have family here in the U.S. We don't have any close family. So um, it was a little bit of... A situation for us but I try to tell them well yeah it's always a challenge including me I'll be facing that challenge of missing my friends missing those I'm used to but I believe we can you know still keep in touch through the internet video calls and all that and maybe over time we'll get to make new friends here as well when you guys get into school we get to meet people we get to interact and we still build new relationships so okay. that went well with them. Okay, good. So it, it happened. So, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the, then we had to move. <laughs> okay. So it, it sounds like both Cornelia and Rosemary had a positive experience, especially speaking to the you know to older kids. Rosemary, obviously, it was a little different for younger kids because they can't really understand what's coming. Um, but for some parents, it's not as easy a, a discussion and a conversation. Um, for kids to leave their home country or the, the country that they're living in. Um, uh, Chelsea, what advice would you give to parents talking to their children about um, immigration and to part to prepare them on, for, that, for that journey? Sure, I think that's a really important question and, and kind of comes up naturally. The biggest difference often is going to be the age of the children, as Rosemary and Cornelia both mentioned. Um, with younger children, going to be harder to explain, as you both mentioned, but being as direct as possible um, and explaining, Rosemary, I think you mentioned that, kind of explaining why we're doing this specifically to the older children. I think something that's really important, too, is honoring their feelings, no matter what. Um, children from different age ranges are going to be responding differently, and that's okay. And it's going to look very different from all of them, allowing them to feel their feelings and not view it as behaviors, especially before moving as well as after moving, not looking at it like a problem behavior or reaction and looking at it as a reaction to something that is new and very different for them. Um, just statistically and developmentally, children under 14 are always going to have a little bit of an easier time. They do adjust to language and different customs more um, quickly than others. Uh, I think, Rosemary, you mentioned the, the aspect of friends and how am I going to lose my friends and things like that. Just honoring that and sharing if we're experiencing that as parents as well, that we're going through that too, you know, and remaining very definitive and kind of explaining we are doing this and, you know, trying to avoid any back and forth that creates doubts, kind of showing the confidence, but also being human and vulnerable as a parent and sharing that you kind of have the concerns too. And thank goodness for Skype and all these wonderful platforms that we have that hopefully folks have access to to stay connected. Okay. 
So it sounds like being positive, but also honoring their feelings and talking about their feelings is really important. Tina, in your experience, what would you say are the common mistakes that parents make in not preparing their, their, their children for coming to the U.S.? Um, I would say just not having those conversations, like what it was mentioned, um, it's very important to have those conversations to prepare them for what's coming. Um, but another big thing is just not preparing yourself um, for all of the different aspects, because childcare is very much different in the U.S. Um, from what I've learned. Um, so from enrolling them into school, fortunately, those children over four and a half, five, that can go straight into kindergarten. It's a little bit easier because you have free childcare at that point, um, but it's preparing for everything else because oftentimes there are um, uh, like registration um, links with daycare. Um, so doing your research and making sure that you're going to um, find kind of that placement for when um, you do get here. Okay, so doing your research and not preparing, if you're not prepared, is, is going to be a, a mistake that parents make. Um, but for Cornelia and uh, Rosemead, um, if you can share with everybody watching today, did your children go with you when you arrived in the U.S. initially or did they follow you? Cornelia? Um, in my case, I came with my son. So um, it was a smooth uh, process for us. We we both went to the interview together at the embassy. Uh, yeah, so I didn't leave him behind. Okay, so he came with you, and there are pros and cons of either strategy. Because if you if your your children come with you, it, it, it's it's easier because you ha you have them with you, so they don't have that separation. But at the same time, you're going to be going through culture shock, and they're going to experience it hand as well. So there, there are pros and cons. Rosemary, tell us a little bit about your experience. Did your kids go with you? Um, and what was that like? Well, for in my own case, um, I would say I came with my kids, my entire family, my husband and my six kids, all of us came together. But that wasn't our initial plan. Because we are a large family, we felt like oh, it might be a little stressful and we had to look at our accommodation at that moment. Are we going to be comfortable considering that we are large? And so I and my husband decided, okay, you go with the kids and um, with uh, half of the kids, I'm going to stay back with half of the kids. So as you stay there, maybe in the first month or two, then we'll join you. I'm like, okay, sounds good. But then with the COVID and everything, there was so much uncertainty that we didn't have to do that. So all of us came together. Okay. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application that's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. Chelsea, can you talk a little bit in general, how does it affect kids when you move to the U.S. with the parents or how does it affect kids if they come after the parents have arrived? Sure. So there's there's pros and cons to both of these as, as we've kind of touched on. So 
particularly with younger kids, you know, if it's, if they're left, left behind, so to speak, that can feel like an attachment wound psychologically. So a lot of things are changing. And then mom or dad, or both mom and dad both leave. And there's a lot of uncertainty. So I think just once again, being as communicative as we can be in those instances when circumstances, you know, that's what's leading to parents having to go first. Um, you know, I think there's also a big benefit to kind of mitigating the culture shock as parents by being able to go first and kind of become to be familiarized and know what to expect. And then you can then go and take that information home and share it with your family and your children and help to prepare them. So I think despite whatever circumstances folks are in and whichever option, just kind of holding space once again for the children to feel what they can reaching out for support, whether that's in your, you know, where you're coming from or where you're going, if there is support groups, if there is forums like this, you know, showing your children and your family that there's other people going through this, you know, the, the rates of immigrants and people moving to this country have never been higher. And so finding that support either within your community that you're leaving or coming to and helping prepare as much as possible. Okay. And we actually have a graphic um, that we're going to show just about the number of immigrants that are coming to the U.S. and then um, the number of non-citizen children. So if we look at that, 7% of um, the total U.S. population are non-citizens. So these are people coming, for example, on green cards. Um, and then we have 3% of non-citizen children. So even though it looks like a small amount, 3%, it's 3% of 75 uh, 0.3 million, and this was um, of the uh, from 2019 statistics. So, um, even though you might feel alone um, in that journey, there really is a lot of support. And um, Tina, you spoke about doing your research in preparing to leave. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the ideas that you can share of um, how a parent can prepare and how they can do their research? Sure. Uh, so most, um, fortunately, I know Kinetics has it and the hospital I worked for, we had um, someone available to help with this process and to discuss and give resources um, for these big moves. Um, but one thing is to get involved in these platforms, make connections with other nurses that are coming over, because um, the, the big piece is you're gonna have to find childcare. You're gonna wanna start working immediately to get those that money coming in. So if you're coming with a spouse, you might consider um, alternate shifts so that you can save on that um, daycare cost at first and to make sure that somebody's there to pick them up and take them to school. Um, if you're coming alone as a single parent, um, make connections with those that are around you that are in those platforms, especially if you don't have anybody here um, to begin with. I know that um, I've seen it in both, in multiple cultures where um, you just develop that bond with everyone and it just becomes um, they, take, they say it takes a village to raise a child, and that is something that I saw time and time again um, with, from people living in one apartment complex. Somebody took them in the morning, somebody else picked them up at night, and there was a schedule made. So reach out to your community, make, um, make those connections because it'll make it so much easier for you um, once you come over. Um, I think it's also very important that you think through the process of whether you come with your child or with not. Um, because at the, I've seen it in different situations where their child just couldn't come or they decided not to, and it hits you because um, most people go through that six month um, 
like homesickness. And when you're when your babies aren't with you, it makes it a little harder. So that is a sense of home and um you just have to prepare yourself. Uh, fortunately, like Chelsea said, um, you have video and chat now that makes it a lot easier, but I think it's still a little bit different when you can't hold on to your little one. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, that's a lot of good information. Yeah. Just, I'm just thinking as as you um, were speaking, just for, my, for, just for me personally, when I came here, um, the community was enormously helpful because I came in, I started working right away. My kids were four and eight years old. Um, and I just, I, I don't know what I would have done without that support, just, it, just like practically, like getting my kids to school or childcare or things like that, where, you know, it, it's just... Um, you are going through culture shock yourself yeah. and and then having to deal with sometimes just the practical stuff never mind the emotion can be very challenging very challenging so before we talk about the arrival and the culture shock let's just talk about packing because i'm just curious what that was like for rosemary specifically packing for six kids and your husband to come to america tell us about the packing rosemary <laughs> Honestly, it was a lot. It was a lot. There was so much excitement as well as so much uncertainty. There was nervousness, you know, there was flares, so many things we are there. And but we are like, you know, trying to bring everything together and make the trip happen. And we came at a very special time. The pandemic was like ravishing everywhere. It was so much problem. In fact, my story was I didn't even know I was going to be here because my first trip, we are all turned back. So the fear was like there. We didn't know it was going to happen. We didn't know it was going to be real. And we were turned back on grounds that we are not allowed to enter because we are coming from like the COVID hotspots. So it was a whole lot of problems. But then when we finally made it through, we came in, I was still like shocked until I touched the ground. I was like, yes, we are here. Is it true? <laughs> and <laughs> so it was a whole lot of things. So getting adjusted, getting through with the kids. My husband was very, very helpful. He has never done those things before because <laughs> the fact that both of us, we are working back in Italy, I was like per diem, I work when I wished and when I don't feel like I just let it go. So he was doing most of the work and I was practically taking care of the kids and I work when I feel like and I volunteer as well when I feel like. So... It was a whole lot of things. Getting him to learn how to do a whole lot of things, cooking for the kids, you know, getting them ready in the morning for school, helping them with their online studies. He never did all those things. So it was like, I was like teaching him and helping the kids adjust at the same time. And honestly, it was nice because I never knew he was going to, be able to do it i saw him move from the regular person that wake up in the morning gets dressed and leave for work to somebody staying back at home 
doing all the little things that I was so used to, you know, tendering the kids, taking yeah. them out for a play. And when I come by, it was like, oh, just get some rest. We are just taking a walk in the neighborhood and he will be gone with the kids for like two hours and I will just be at home resting. So, wow. So it, was, it sounds like it really, it sounds like it really pulled the family together. It is. Everybody just had to pull together and 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 help each other. And your your husband had to to step up, Rosemary, and help you with, with that with a lot of challenges. Because coming coming to the US at the best of times can be a challenge. Coming during a pandemic, oh my goodness, a whole nother layer of complexity. Cornelia, what was it like for you and your son when you when you your flight arrived in the US and you realized you were here? Tell us about that day. Well, it was so surreal. <laughs> you know, the thought of landing in Los Angeles, it was like we were in the movies, both of ourselves. So we had a 16, about a 16 hour flight from Manila to Los Angeles. So we actually, uh, we didn't sleep. Like we, we slept a little because of our excitement. Uh, we came, we arrived here, it was, in, it was nighttime. So we saw in the airplane window, all the lights. We were so excited. And my son was so, he was peeing a lot of times during the flight <laughs> because of his excitement, I think. So um, the biggest moment for us, actually, when we entered through the immigration process and they they asked for our visa packet, uh, when the immigration officer told us, welcome to the United States. It's like, we looked at each other and it's like, this is it. We're really here. And it was, um, it was a moment for us. It was a moment like um, we did something. <laughs> We've achieved something. Absolutely. So exciting. I, I, I can so relate. And just, you feel like you want to pinch yourself. You just can't believe exactly. that this is, that this is real. Yeah. Um, Tina, you've seen many people arrive at the airport exhausted, exhilarated, a little overwhelmed. What advice do you give to parents right at that very first day how to handle their children on arrival in the U.S.? Um, you know, everyone has a different flight experience and it's a long journey. Uh, I've seen some that had over 24 hour journey and I can't imagine doing that with little ones in tow. But just don't worry about what other people are thinking in those moments. Uh, I had plenty that were worried about their little ones crying as we got them into car seats. Um, that was the least of my worries. I know children can be children. And um, the thing is just give them a little bit of grace. Uh, they're not going to act. They're not going to be behaved at that point because they're exhausted too. So um, just have some patience. Don't worry about the rest of it. Um, and we understand, especially as we're, we're helping you get into your new home and this new journey that um, those, those mo small moments are no big deal. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> having a, a sense of humor at that yes. point is helpful. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, we have a question. And does a, a grandmother could be petitioned with a visa quickly? So I'm not sure exactly what that question is meaning, but I, I think maybe you're thinking like the grandmother can come and help. And um, if that's the case, then it would probably be on a visitor's visa. And you would only be able to sponsor a grandmother once you become a citizen. So if you've arrived in the US on an EB3 green card, only after you become a citizen would you be able to sponsor the grand your 
um, a grandmother to come um, and get a green card in the US, but they certainly could come on a visitor's visa and help. We have a question, if we need to bring our own car seat when we arrive in the US for my children age five, three years old and our newborn child so we can drive, lift or Uber, thank you and more power. Tina or Chelsea, do you want to talk about that? I'm happy to answer that. Um, you're going to have plenty. Um, you're going to have people that you're connected with, uh, whatever organization you go to. So reach out to them first to, to see about your car seats. Um, those are big pieces to, to have in tow, especially when you're trying to make sure your children aren't running through the airport um, at that age. So ask them first about what you should do as far as car seats go. Your three and five-year-olds are probably going to be in more of a booster seat, whereas your newborn will need a car seat. So um, just keep those things in mind. Um, every state has a little bit of a different policy when it comes to that. Um, so just reach out to your resources and Oftentimes, even some of the nurses on these platforms will have extra car seats um, to kind of help you through that first piece because um, they can sometimes be a little bit pricey. Yeah, but that is important. It's very yeah. important in the U.S. to have those car seats. Um, we have, um, and I don't know, Chelsea, did you have anything to add to that? Okay. Um, okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about starting school um, or starting daycare. Um, do we need to bring our school rep records of the kids? Cornelia and Rosemary? Uh, for me, I brought all, uh, I brought all of his um, school records. Uh, back in the Philippines, he wasn't able to finish uh, eighth grade because we have to move here. I brought it with me, but when we inquired in the school here where he's, um, he's uh, going to, they didn't really ask me for it. What they asked me was actually the vaccination, vaccination records. Uh, the ones that were given during the medical exam. And then they asked for two additional vaccinations before he can start school. And that one we got for free in a, in a government clinic for children. Because back then we didn't have any um, medical insurance because we just came here. And thankfully they offer free uh, medical insurance for children who just arrived. And, and then, yeah, they, they gave him the shots and he was able to start school after um, updating his vaccination. Okay, thank you. So it, it seemed like it was quite an easy transition for Cornelia. Rosemary, yes. with, with six kids, tell us about starting school. Yeah, I would say um, getting those um, academic records was very helpful for me because I came from an area where the school system was a little different from here. The grading system is different from what they, my kids had previously in Italy. So those documents were helpful in their placement, although they were like strict about the ages, they work with their ages, but then it kind of proved where they were and they were able to assess them based on what the documents said. Then another thing I just want to add is the kids, um, for my own case, my kids came from a non-English speaking area. So it was a little difficult, especially for, for the younger ones. The older ones, were, they were good in English, but the younger ones, it was a little difficult for them because they know most of the things in English, but then when you come to writing, it, it was a problem for them. 
So I kind of gave them some tutorial before we actually set off. And um, yeah, that was really helpful. Getting those documents, the vaccination records was um, a very important thing. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire, which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.